Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and welcome to our first episode of Coffee Talk. On today's episode, I have one of my good friends with me. Her name is Jill. Hey, Jill. Hey, everyone. And she is a local Rhode Island reseller. So Jill and I have known each other for quite some time, but have only in the recent year grown closer thanks to reselling. Today, Jill and I are sitting down and chatting about sustainable clothing brands and the growing trend in the fashion and reselling world. Hey, Jill. Hey. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, this is fun. Um, So today we're going to talk about sustainable brands, but Mm -hmm. first I want people to get to know you and who you are because some people who are listening may not know who you are. So give everyone who's listening a quick little brief intro as to who you are, how long you've been reselling for, and your why. Okay. Um, So like Daniela said, my name is Jill. Um, I... Oh God, how long have I been reselling? Uh, A while. (laughs) I've been reselling for quite a while. Um, I actually, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes a a couple weeks or maybe a month ago, and you mentioned that you were selling on eBay before you knew what reselling was. And it kind of like struck this chord with me because I remember I had this pair of like Nike Pro, almost ombre crop leggings that I had actually found at Savers. And I was done using them and I started like really getting into Lululemon and like more expensive activewear for my personal closet. Mm -hmm. And I threw them up on eBay and I put them on auction. And I remember that they sold for like $48.99 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? People (laughs) want, (laughs) why does somebody want to pay almost $50 for these leggings that I got secondhand and then, you know, kind of wore the crap out of myself. Right. And that's kind of when it started for me. Um, But I never really got super serious about it until I guess I would say like April of 2018. Yeah. Uh, You started um, a little sooner than I did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, I've always been a thrifter. When I was like a six-year-old child, my mom would look at me and say, Hey, so we need to get you some clothes. We can either go to the mall and you can get one thing or we can go to children's orchard which was this like local children's clothing consignment shop and you can get five things so being who i am yeah. <laughs> i would always always choose the consignment store or the thrift store and then when i was in high school and i was about 16 i don't even want to tell you what year that was but <laughs> people were getting really into like i was really into like emo music and like taking back Sunday and all this stuff. And like, they all wore these super random graphic t-shirts. Like it would be like, you know, some athletic club or some soccer club that you, you know, have never had any connection to. And people were just wearing those because they were cool. So my friends and I would go to the old East Providence Savers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you ever, did you ever go to that one? I never went to it, but I know what you're talking about. Um, We would go there and we would search through the men's t-shirts. And this is back when just cotton t-shirts at Savers were literally 49 cents. 49 were, cents you to were 99 doing cool, cents. You were doing the cool thing before it was a cool thing. Oh, oh. And I was doing the cutting of the sides of the shirts and then tying them up on the sides and doing all the like, you know, the weird, uh, like rippling with yeah. the scissor cuts in the front yep. and the back and yep. yeah it was great um <laughs> how times have changed <laughs> yeah right now I'm like let me just sift through the store and find every good thing that I can in 40 minutes and I'm out yeah um but so yeah I mean I started reselling you know obviously part-time because mm-hmm. I do work full-time as a liquor distributor rep so I sell booze all day <laughs> To bars, cool. and bars and liquor stores, which is <laughs> something. Um, <laughs> it's something. It's almost like, so dealing with like a liquor store or a, or a bar manager is almost like dealing with an irrational Poshmark buyer. That's kind of like, <laughs> so right. <laughs> that's kind of how I have to put it. They're like, okay, I'll take one case of that, but only if you give it to me at the top deal. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> Always negotiating. Yeah. Oh, so you want free shipping? Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But basically I did it uh, to help 
save money. Um, my ultimate goal is to buy a house, which I'm actually finally starting to look for houses two years, two years in, I've gotten to a point where, um, I've been able to save enough, I think, to, to move in that direction. So. Which is so awesome. I mean, Jill and I kind of have similar goals in life and, uh, Jill and I have known each other for a while. Uh, Jill met through an ex-boyfriend. Yes. (laughs) That's how we met. Oh yeah. Um, so Jill dated someone for a long time that I was friendly with. And uh, once that ended, Jill and I still kept in contact and we had some things in common besides uh, knowing someone, you know. This we- was back when I was exclusively doing like bodybuilding workouts yeah. seven days a week of my yep. life. And I yep. was like super into lifting and Daniela was a power lifter if yep. you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So we were both, we had this fitness bond and then that grew into reselling. I saw that Jill was reselling and I kind of messaged her about it. And then it's, you know, the rest is history. Now we've Here got, we are. <laughs> yeah. Now we're very close and, you know, we, we have a great relationship and we always, you know, we talk about everything. It's not just reselling related. We're just really good friends. So, um, you know, we're both on the same journey in terms of saving and buying a house and having a full-time job and, you know, reselling part-time and our whys have changed over the years, but it's so, it's so nice to see the evolution of reselling too within ourselves because we started just selling things out of our closet. Like people want our junk. Cool. Give me money for it. Right. You and- want my H and M shirt and you'll give me 15 <laughs> bucks for it. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. And now it's, you know, very strategic and there's a a purpose and a reason as to why we pick up certain items and brands. And that falls into what we're talking about today with sustainable brands and how we're seeing the market turn a little bit and focus more on these sustainable brands. And I think people don't necessarily understand what sustainable means. I think they only think it means like linens and cottons and tinsel and recycled material when it really means more than that. Would you agree, Jill? Yeah. I mean, I think um, sustainable in itself is kind of like a buzzword in fashion. I would say over the last two to three years, uh, it really only popped up the whole, the whole sustainable movement, I would say popped up on my radar, maybe in 2017, maybe 20, end of 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot about you know, how things were made, where they were made, or, you know, what the whole situation was. Obviously, I knew that Forever 21 clothes weren't great, and that they weren't great because, you know, the factory conditions weren't great. But I didn't really know anything else about it. And I don't know that I really thought about it when I was making my choices. Um, I actually kind of started into looking sustain to like looking into sustainable brands, I found a girl on YouTube and I still watch this girl's YouTube videos and her handle is uh, Mademoiselle Jamie. Oh yes, and I think that she's, yeah, she's Australian and Mm -hmm. she's just really big into like, you know, sustainable brands, but also, you know, spending money where it's worth it. Like it's more worth it to spend a hundred dollars on a white shirt, like a white button down shirt that you're going to wear for work and for, you know, outside of work and for, and casually and whatever over the course of five years than it is to go to say H&M or American Eagle and buy a white button down shirt that you're going to wear for four months before it falls apart, even though it's costing you a quarter less. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of H&M, when I was doing the research for this um, topic, I noticed that H&M now has a sustainable brand within their company. It's called H&M Conscious, I think, yeah. which is interesting. I know, I didn't know that. So it looks like they're, a fast fashion brand is starting to branch out and have divisions that are more sustainable. Yeah. I Lesson. saw that too. They have another line also. Um, I don't know if it falls under the conscious line, but I know that they're doing things in like wool and like oh. really nice, like um, poplin cottons and things like that. I don't know if it falls within there, but I remember looking yeah. at the website and being like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like why is, why is that $99? I, I don't understand. Yeah. So I think it's important to remember when we're talking about sustainable brands, we're talking about they're using the least amount of chemicals while they're producing items. The items are durable. Like Jill had said, it's an item that you can use for a long period of time. It's not going to fall apart after a few months. Um, the packaging might be recyclable. The, the wages that the employees are getting paid, whether they're within the United States 
or global is fair. So they focus on fair trade and fair wages within their company. Uh, and then the other thing that's interesting too is water usage when producing clothing, because I think people forget that water is 100% used when you're making clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like tons of water, especially mm-hmm. for denim, believe it or not. Denim is like one of like the biggest um, problem, I guess, you know, genres of clothing when it comes to using a ton of water because you have to wash it and then dye it and then wash it and then dye it and then wash it again. Um, And say you're doing that for, you know, 50,000 pairs of jeans in the same wash. You're doing that over and over in these giant, giant tanks. It's incredibly wasteful. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, that's something interesting that I'd like to watch. I'm sure there's a YouTube video on that. Oh, yeah, to see how sure. they make denim. So let's talk about fast, fa- fast fashion and ethically produced fashion, right? So fast fashion, I am 110% guilty of buying fast fashion in the past and sometimes even present day. Um, maybe because it's just easy and cheap and I want something new. And, you know, when you're working in an office like I am and, or you're like you, you're going to see clients all the time. Sometimes it's hard to wear the same shirt over and over and over and over and over again (laughs) and create a wardrobe that speaks to you. If everything that you're purchasing is a hundred dollars plus even, and and it's hard to find some of these brands in the thrift store. It can happen, but it doesn't happen as often. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. I, not that fa- so fast fashion in itself is very wasteful and and I get it but it's hard for me to just not go to target and pick something up to wear to work do you know what i mean i totally get that um i would say so the i <laughs> probably the the thing that i'm the fast fashion that i'm most guilty of believe it or not is anthropology um, well, a, a lot of their brands are not sustainable they're not yeah. made well some of the things that I've bought from there, you know, full price, hate to admit it, you know, $168 dress, you wear it once or twice, wash it. And then, you know, you might hang it or boyfriend accidentally throws it in the dryer, which has happened to me more than I want to admit. (laughs) And then, you know, even if it was a rayon dress, it's shrunk and then the liner sticks out or, you know, a button pops off and for the price points on some of that stuff, it's, it's surprising. Um, I definitely have gotten better about target. Target was my black hole oh my God. Of, of, of places to shop. Like I would go in and just be like, you know what? I'm going to replace every V-neck t-shirt that I own right now. Cause they started to get, you know, pilly after yeah. two months because I'd wear them to bed or, you know, I'd yep. wear them like every day. And I would just buy five or six new ones and then take the other ones and I would either throw them in a donation bag or I would throw them away when they started to get holes in them. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, man. Cause you're walking through target. All right, hold on. Cat break. Sophie's <laughs> moving the blinds around. Okay. Uh, where were we? Target. Target. Oh, target. I don't know what else to say about target. I mean, to be, to be completely honest, like a hundred percent honest, when I go to Target now, it's hard for me to not look at the clothes, but to with the rearrangements that they've done in some yeah. of the local stores, I don't know if we're either ahead of the curve or far behind the curve, but in our Targets, when you walked in the front door, the first thing you saw on the left side and like the right side of the main aisle down was women's clothing, women's accessories, and women's shoes. And now our stores are, it's like, kitchen and like home goods in that section on the right right. side right so like when I make a target run I really only do it I mean outside of a pandemic (laughs) I really only go every two or three weeks just to get like you know a ton of paper towels and toilet paper and just like the basics like I like to use the Mrs. Myers cleaning stuff and I don't Mm want to pay six dollars for it at Whole Foods or wherever it is near me so I really try to avoid that whole section of the store I don't even I don't even think about it now because I don't see it when I walk in which is kind of nice you know what would be interesting Jill is if if Target for example I feel like Target mimics a lot of brands like Madewell right Everly oh I feel like universal standard or universal whatever yep universal thread so I feel like 
maybe with time or maybe they're already working on it. I haven't looked at Target clothes in months because I haven't gone. Um, maybe that's the direction they end up going in is they're going to start having items that are more sustainable. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be good for them as far as, you know, their whole entire image as a company as well. I just yeah. wonder how they would be able to manage those price points with such a variety of people who shop in those stores, especially throughout the country. They've all got to be different. Yeah. I and mean, we're talking New England here and everything's right. a little bit more expensive to begin with, but yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see if they went that route because a lot of their, I've noticed that a universal thread brand in particular mimics a lot of made well. Oh yeah, for sure. I've seen like almost like one-to-one dupes of specific yes. that Madewell's put out. Like they're, yep. they had like a crop, um, a wide leg crop, raw hem denim overall at Madewell that like tied in the back and it was mm-hmm. adorable and I loved it and I wanted it so bad, but it was like $148 and I was not going to wear it enough that I could justify spending that amount on it. So I went to Target and I bought that one. I actually ended up selling it on Poshmark because I only wore it like twice. So thank God I didn't spend $150 on the real one. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But even like their handbags and stuff, it's just, oh, yeah. it's interesting to see how fast fashion takes the concepts that sustainable brands or just designer brands in general use and then mimics them, which is the whole point of fast fashion, right? Yeah. Keep it looks like the real thing and so on and so forth. But I think it is important to also remember that even though a sustainable brand is eco-friendly, it still does have some sort of negative impact on the environment. Just it's just a, a little better than the worst. Right. It's because yeah. production in general is still going to make an impact. There's still going to be a carbon footprint. Like there's no way around it. It's just, I don't know how you could ever eliminate that process. Yeah. I don't think that you could. I think that, I mean, you know, in 20 years, if there are new guidelines to producing textiles and to producing clothing, which I don't think there will be because it's such a huge market Mm -hmm. and there's so much money involved that I just really don't think that they would be able to kind of shut down some of the more, the the biggest offenders, but. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to make it 100% eco-friendly because we just produce in mass amounts. Yeah. That's just what people are still, still going to be throwing clothes away and donating them. Oh yeah. That will never higher rate than people can even take them in. I know. I know. So let's talk about the other stigma that goes with sustainable brands. And that's the price point. Like you mentioned before, it's expensive to buy sustainable. Yeah, it is. There's no way around it. And you're paying for, the creation of the product, the amount of time it takes to create the product, the, the labor. Yeah. It, it just, all of it, the fibers that they're growing or getting from a farm to then create the item or the recycled material that goes into it. That's what you're paying for. It's not because I know, we're going to throw out a brand that everyone knows. It's not just because Eileen Fisher wants to charge $375. It's because a good portion of that money it took to create that one piece. Right. Right. Well, so you know, one of the really eye-opening things to me, I know that, I don't know if, if you've seen articles, but kind of people are like, you know, Everlane is not sustainable or not super sustainable. It's just like a great marketing thing. When Everlane first started, uh, I remember going on the website and this is because uh, Mademoiselle Jamie was talking about Everlane and their Mm -hmm. silk shirts. And I was like big into needing a silk shirt at this point in my life. So (laughs) I started to go to the website and check in and they used to have like maybe a core seven or eight items and every six to eight weeks they would release an, a new item and they might release a new item with like in one color or like three colors and there would be a wait list if they didn't make enough to meet the demand of the people who wanted to buy the item. So if you ever see ads for the Everlane Day Heal You'll yep. see they'll use like, you know, the um, the 20,000 person weightless shoe or something like that, because that's actually the way that they used to do it. Right. And then when they started producing more because they were able to open and, you know, source from other factories mm-hmm. around the world, um, they introduced the, uh, you know, choose what you pay section, which I think now just says sale. But it, at, at one point it was choose what you pay. which there were three prices. And I know that you know this, which I thought was really insightful. So like the lowest price would say, 
um, you know, we don't make any money on this. And then the, the middle price would say, um, our labor costs are taken care of, but we're not making a profit on this. Right. And then the highest price point, which was usually like, it was usually like 10, 20 and 30% off. The highest price point for the item would say, we do make a little bit of money on this and the labor is taken care of as well for, yeah. the, for the creation of this garment, which I thought was interesting. And that was kind of my first realization, like, oh, okay, that's why it's like this. Right. Not only that, but just, so we both own Everlane pieces and we mm-hmm. also own Eileen Fisher pieces and we own Flax pieces. The quality of the item is like no other. Yeah. Agreed the comfort of it, the way it feels on your body, the way it hangs, it is just designed to perfection. Once you put on anything linen, yep, and it's over 55 degrees, you'll literally never go back. Like so it's true. either like any time from like May through September, I'm probably in linen or cotton rayon if I want to be like, you know, fancy in something yeah. else. But <laughs> realistically there it's just like it's it feels like it's like everyday luxury almost but yeah realistically it's the way that things used to be and the way that things should be it's so funny that you say that because my grandmother will say that all the time like when I was younger or when we first came to America everything was organic cotton everything was linen and it cost nothing it was five dollars ten dollars you know and it's we're going back we're going back in time, which always happens, right? History yeah. itself. But it's just interesting that you said that because I have this conversation all the time, my grandmother. <laughs> but like at the same time, some of the most amazing fashion moments probably couldn't have happened if we were just living in organic textiles. Like, do you think yep. Madonna would have been <laughs> right. running around in the eighties <laughs> in linen lace? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Absolutely not. Even some of the best runway pieces, they're not, you know, they're not made out of sustainable material. Oh, polyester all day, but they make oh, yeah. it look good. I'll tell yeah, you. That's exactly it. <laughs> um, At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So when you are researching sustainable brands, I'm just going to throw this out here and then we're going to talk about some sustainable brands that you should be looking out for. If you want to incorporate these pieces in your reselling business, um, GOT got, which is global organic textile standard. So basically this is just, Um, The world's leading processing standard for textiles made from organic fibers. It defines high-level environmental criteria along the entire organic textile supply chain and requires compliance with social criteria as well. I got that from the website. I didn't come up with that on my own. Love that. State your source. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then same with the the next one is GRS, which is the Global Recycle Standard. This also came off their website, and it's an international voluntary full product standard that sets requirements for third-party certification of recycled content chain of custody, social and environmental practices, and chemical restrictions. So if you see GOT or GRS when you're researching some of these brands, you'll probably see that pop up within the description of the brand. That's where it's coming from. It's the Global Organic Textile Standard and the Global Recycle Standard. So just like uh, a certified organic piece of meat has a standard, so does sustainable clothing. Same Mm. concept. Yeah. So, uh, so those are like certifications or qualifications that they should, a brand should have if they're calling themselves sustainable. Correct. Now, if they all do, I don't know. I think most, I don't think they do. I don't, I want to say reformation definitely doesn't because reformation is mostly like dead stock fabrics or like sourced fabrics. So a lot of times if they don't, sometimes you'll, I don't know, if you own any reformation things, but I bought a dress and I looked at the fabric tag and the fabric tag literally says, um, 100% recycled material. And then I looked up what that meant. Cause like, what does that mean? That doesn't tell me how to wash it. That doesn't tell me anything. And essentially they were saying like, you know, this is a dead stock fabric that we bought from a warehouse. You know, we have no idea what the makeup of this material is. So we're just going to tell you to wash it on cold and hang it to dry. Because clothing, clothing companies apparently have to have washing instructions 
on yeah. a fabric tag because if somebody ruins it, it it prevents any returns or um, you know people trying to say that it didn't perform the way it was supposed to. Well, that makes sense. Not yeah. weird. Yeah, I didn't. Fun, I didn't fun fact. That. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that Reformation did that, and I didn't realize that's what recycled contents meant. Yeah. So, so like you know how like some of these brands will come out with things, and they're like you know like capsule collections almost. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like once it's gone, it's gone. It's literally gone because there's no more of that fabric. Available. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about some sustainable brands that we like to pick up and uh, maybe mention a few that we had never heard of, or I had never heard of, or, or Jill maybe never did, or she did and I didn't, you know, whatever. We're just going <laughs> to give a little chit chat. We're just going to share some info. Yeah. This so, is what we do every day anyway, but it's yeah, this, usually just through text message. <laughs> this is or so Instagram true. Or DM or yeah. both at the same time. <laughs> yes. So true. Uh, if Jill and I didn't have such crazy busy lives, we'd be sitting having coffee every day doing this in person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I miss my, I miss my bin buddy. I know. I know it's been so long. You've but definitely been more than I have, but. I know, but you know, once things mellow out, we'll, we'll go back maybe in like six months time. Oh my God. <laughs> it just hurts to even think about that. I know. I know. We'll have thrifting trips soon, my friend. It's coming. So the sustainable brands we're going to talk about, I'm just going to throw out where these kind of came from, even though Jill and I already knew about them, the, some of the details we may share come from different websites. So one of them is thegoodtrade.com and the other one was actually from Good Housekeeping, which was interesting. So the one brand we already talked about, which is Everlane, a lot of you guys know it. A lot of people try to, you know, love to sell it. I know I personally love to sell it in my closet. I post something Everlane and that thing blows up like likes everywhere. Share. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, they are ethically made. They're affordable, kind of. <laughs> some stuff is, some stuff isn't. Their basics are. Their basics are affordable. Oh, I yeah. Think. I bought, like, two boxy cotton white T-shirts just because I needed them. And yep. I didn't want to. I actually finally got rid of my my Mossimo Target ones. Oh, I held good. on to them for as long as I could. Yeah. Um, but, you know, silhouettes have changed in the last couple of years, and I just kind of wanted something lighter and more comfortable. And I think that they were like $19 a piece. Yeah, the, their box cut tees is definitely something that they're known for. They're known for their shoes, like we had mentioned, the day heel. Um, they're the wide American, leg crop pants. Yeah. they're. I'm like, a big fan of those. They're a casual, but but kind of dressy brand like it's I would, interesting. yeah it's yeah like there's 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 intersections of both like you can yeah. probably you can find a work outfit and then you can also find a brunch outfit and then maybe something that you would wear to like go out for drinks with like it's yeah. all kind of all encompassing at this point yeah it's all together but everlane I, definitely a number one on my list that i love to not only source but to buy for myself uh jill do you want to do the next one so next on the list is Bowden. Uh, one of our most loved sustainable British brands, the company, which was founded more than 25 years ago, is renowned for its clothing collection, which is equally ethical and expansive. Customers local and abroad can shop for the whole family as the brand offers expedited worldwide shipping options for its adult, children, and baby apparel. The clothes even shipped in recycled and recyclable packaging. So, so this, is, this is something I didn't even know. Yeah, I was going to say, fun fact, we didn't know Bowdoin was sustainable. Either of us knew. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Had no idea. But, um, you know, I like to find Bowdoin. I don't necessarily enjoy selling it. I know that Jill is in the same boat. Uh, I hate selling Bowdoin. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, wouldn't say that I hate it. Yeah. But I would say that I pass on more Bowdoin than I pick up. As time has gone on, I definitely pass in a lot more. But if I find it in my size, I keep it for myself. Oh, yeah. Also, like, I'll definitely pick it up new with tags. But it does not resell for anywhere near what it retails for. Which is crazy because I feel like a year ago or even a year and a half ago, Bowdoin did sell much higher than what it does now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is cyclical. It might come back. But, you know, I've been surprised because the thing is, is like, our thrift stores, at least, don't really know what Bowdoin is so they have no idea <laughs> yeah the I would say the average price for a Bowdoin piece at the places that we shop is like $5.49 to like $8.99 and it would only be $8.99 if there was like a tag on it yeah and if it was a dress maybe because yeah dresses are always priced no dresses will be $19.99 or yeah. $16.49 <laughs> yeah it's so true dresses here are just so crazy expensive outrageous 
Um, so yeah, so that's interesting that Bowdoin is considered sustainable. So that's cool. Their pieces yeah. are really neat. It's just, um, you know, resale wise, it can be tough. It de- I, maybe it depends on the piece. I don't know. But the things that we find typically don't resell well. I don't have any like personal experience ordering from Bowdoin, but I think that it's cool if they ship in like recycled or like um, less wasteful packaging. Like yeah. if it was just like to be wrapped in like, you know, you know how Everlane ships with that little cardboard thing kind of just keeping your clothes where they should be. Yeah. And uh, the other brand too that we're talking about shipping is Rothy's and how you can just use that box again over and over again to store your shoes in. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is cool. Uh, The next brand is a brand that I personally love for activewear and that's Girlfriend Collective. I love it. I love that their sizes range from extra, extra small to 6XL. I'm all for that. I think that's fantastic. I think more brands should do that. So the brand itself offers bras, shorts, leggings, and t-shirts that are all made out of recycled material like old water bottles and fishing nets. And um, the brand makes clothing in a Vietnamese factory where workers are provided with safe conditions, fair wages, and standard working hours, which is another plus. And yeah. activewear is under 30 bucks. Some of it. Yeah, not all of it. Some of those leggings are pretty pricey, but I mean, it's cheaper than Lululemon and it's made sustainably. So that's a good alternative option. And great um, size range too. So we're- Yeah, I mean, I think I think at this point, it's 2020. If brands are not being size inclusive, not only are you cutting out a huge market of people that could buy your clothes, um, but it just doesn't make any sense for like company morals to not include all sizes. People who are in XXS, you know, people who are double extra small need to buy leggings and people who are a 6XL also need to buy leggings. Correct. And you there's no reason, it. right. And there's no reason to separate and divide that. Like it's, it's 2020, like you said, just, just do it. There's yep. you using that extra few inches of fabric isn't going to hurt your business that much. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so Girlfriend Collective, over. Girlfriend Collective is actually sold at Reformation also. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. Know you can buy the leggings. Um, occasionally they'll come out with like new pieces and you can buy them from Reformation which is next on our list. So I have a question, Jill, because you know Reformation a lot more than I do. Ref jeans slash Reformation. Is it just their jeans that are sustainable or is it the whole line itself? No. Reformation. It's the, it's the whole, it's the whole line. So ref jeans, I think is just kind of, I have a couple pieces from Reformation and a couple pieces from ref jeans, ref jeans, as far as what I can see is really just more casual kind of stuff. Okay. I have like a couple, I have like a cotton blouse from Ref Jeans. I have like a really, really comfortable t-shirt. It's honestly the softest, most comfortable t-shirt I've ever put on my body. And I have like a wrap dress, but it's like a jersey wrap dress. I also have a dress from them that's like, you know, just like typical Reformation, like skinny strap, square yep. neckline, um, floral. And it's like, you know, recycled material or it's, it's sourced or dead stock material. And that one says reformation instead of ref jeans. So I'm not sure what the deal is. I think that it's all kind of one in the same, um, but maybe they're trying to go like multi-brand within a brand like Aritzia does or something. Yeah. And I think ref jeans might also, or what they're trying to do is become a competitor to Levi's because Levi's is technically sustainable as well. Yeah. That was something I was going to mention actually. Yeah, that um, was interesting because I didn't realize it either. But while researching, I was like, oh, Levi's is considered sustainable. Okay. Yeah. Definitely not a brand I would have thought. Yeah. Um, I have a little blurb actually that I pulled up about Levi's, but let me just talk about Reformation quick while we're here. Yeah. Um, so from the website, right? Ref yeah. Jeans is tackling denim waste. Launched by Reformation in 2017, the apparel collection uses the fashion brand's same eco-material standards as well as its sustainable and ethical practices. Ref Jeans is making affordable denim available to everyone, and it's doing so with a third of the water used by comparable denim companies. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's pretty cool. So tell me about the Levi's blurb that you had. Um, Okay, so basically I had no idea that Levi's was sustainable, and then I picked up a pair of Levi's at the thrift store, and Mm -hmm. it said waterless or waterless jeans, so Uh on the inside pocket. So when I looked it up, it basically just says, you know, did you know that the average Levi's 501 jeans will consume 3,000 liters of water during its life cycle? What? 42 liters alone in the finishing process. 
That's so insane. Yeah. So according to an article called Sustainable Fashion Past, Present, and Future, it takes at least 7,000 liters or around 1,800 gallons as an industry standard just to farm enough cotton to begin the denim making process. Wow. So they said that, you know, we found that 49% of the water is used to grow the cotton. 45% is used when our customers wash their jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, and 6% is used during the manufacturing process. So they kind of, you know, set out to solve the unsustainable consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, was, which is, you know, the only thing they can control there is the manufacturing process. So in 2011, they debuted Waterless Jeans, a collection that utilizes over 20 separate innovative finishing techniques that average a water savings of 28 to 96% between their styles. So by the year 2020, which is, you know, today, (laughs) (laughs) Levi's aims to make 80% of its products using the waterless technique up from nearly 25% on the day that this article was published in 2018. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I also feel like Levi's is making a huge comeback as like in the last year and a half, it is like the cool thing again. Listen, I don't know if you've ever put on a pair of those ribcage jeans, (laughs) but I understand why. (laughs) Yeah. They're definitely making a big comeback. They're something that's sought after. So to know that, that they are sustainable now is pretty neat. That is pretty cool. So the next one is the big one that everyone knows and everyone hears about, and it's Eileen Fisher. Oh, gee. Yes. So Eileen Fisher is the luxury brand when it comes to sustainable fashion. She is a unique character, that Eileen Fisher. She's interesting. So I did like a little research on her because it's her company itself is fascinating, the way that she runs her business and everything. And that could be a whole episode on its own, but um she originally went to school for math. Like that was her major and then became some type of graphic designer or something or other, and then got involved in fashion. And now look at her today being the leading standard when it comes to sustainable brands. And she really Mm -hmm. focuses on fibers and how they dye the fibers and what they use and the finishes and the production. And um, she has this saying on her website where she wants women to feel comfortable, but also feel luxurious. All of her items are very, I wouldn't say oversized, maybe a little oversized, but they fall so nicely on the body. And have you ever measured like the, the, the chest measurement and the length measurement of like any size Eileen Fisher sweater. I have basically the chest measurement and the length measurement are almost always depending on the cut, obviously, but are almost always the same number. Yep. So like everything is like super boxy, but then the sleeves fit really well or the sleeve, like it's a super drop shoulder, but it's flattering. It doesn't make you look like you're a linebacker <laughs> <laughs> which can happen often especially yeah. when you're Italian and you have a wider back and so. Portuguese <laughs> yeah Portuguese too it's just a European thing <laughs> so the other thing about Eileen Fisher is yes retail it is expensive there is no way around it Eileen Fisher is extremely pricey you can find it at TJ Maxx or Marshall's um is it only on the runway section Jill I don't know um I think it's meant to be. I think that people yeah. dump it off in other areas of the store, but the price point makes sense for their runway. Yeah. So even buying it at TJ Maxx, it's still pretty pricey. It's still in that like $59 to $100 range. Uh, even thrift stores, some of them price Eileen Fisher up big time. Even when there's like a hole in the armpit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. It definitely gets priced up, but you know, it's really great material. It is sustainable. Um, the other thing too, that I thought was interesting that I didn't know about Eileen Fisher is that the brand buys back and resells its own label. That is, um, any items that are gently worn, you can get it at a lower price in excellent condition. And if the clothing isn't good enough to be resold, it, it'll turn the fabric into art using special felting techniques. I didn't, didn't, I didn't know that they resold it, but if every time I look at like a fabric tag on like one of the newer pieces, it always says, we'd like our clothes back or something like that on the tag. And then it gives you some information, which I've never really looked into because I'm going to sell it. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I didn't realize that they did it. Now I'm going to have to go on the website and I need to check this out. Yeah. If I can quickly do this and see if I can find. Snag up some. uh... (laughs) Yeah, right. Like what? Snag up some inventory. (laughs) But 
I feel like more and more brands are doing this now. They are saying, hey, we'll take this back if it's in really good condition and we'll sell it. And you can use the credits or whatever. You know, we'll give you X amount for this piece and you can use it on our store. Like Madewell with their denim. Mm-hmm. So many stores are doing Speaking that. of which, so I don't know if you guys know about this. This is just, I don't know that this falls under sustainability. Madewell, um, does have some, you know, eco edition denim, which I own and is just as good as their regular denim. Um, I was actually curious if Madewell's considered sustainable. I don't think overall because it is a J Crew company and J Crew really just doesn't doesn't care. (laughs) But that's fashion. (laughs) Yeah, um, but they do have some eco friendly like washes and stuff. I don't know like how intense that gets. I don't know if it's just like a water thing or. Some of them are, are organic cotton. Some of the new ones, I know that. But yeah. um, Madewell started a program. So they've always had the, you know, donate a pair of jeans and they'll give you a $20 coupon. So I actually made my boyfriend go through his old dresser that had like, you know, Jinkos and like <laughs> super old like carpenter pants, yeah. um, old car hearts that he's never going to like 38 waist. Like Daniela, you've met Chris. <laughs> he is not a 38 waist anymore. Not and no more again. <laughs> so I, I had to like force him to donate these jeans. Anyway, you could bring jeans to Madewell and they would take back. Um, they would take any pair of denim at all, whether it was from target oh. or it was expensive. And they would give you a coupon for each pair for $20 off of a new pair of jeans. And they would take those jeans that were donated and shred them up and use them for housing insulation, I believe is what they were doing with it for like Habitat for Humanity houses and things like that, which was really cool. But they started a program. When was this? Like maybe November last year, maybe it was earlier than that. Um, at one point last year, I remember Daniela was like, Madewell's taking back their jeans. We're never going to find them in the thrift store anymore. <laughs> remember that? Because yeah. they're now yeah. selling pre-loved or, you know, yep. pre-worn denim from their own brand yep. in their own stores. And to my defense, it isn't as easy to find Madewell. Oh, I haven't found Madewell jeans literally since then. Yep. And I was like, that's so ridiculous. You know, people don't care that much, but apparently they care. I mean, if you really love the brand and you love the the items that they sell and you like to have their newest, coolest jeans, then I would do it, you know? Yeah, why, a why thousand percent. You? Why wouldn't you? And you're technically still being eco-friendly at that point. You're giving it back to the store who then yeah. is going to make a profit on it, but they're going for the second time and <laughs> resell it and someone else is going to love the jeans too and you get a new pair out of it. So it's it's cyclical. It's like what Nordstrom's doing. A lot of brands are doing this now. So you know, not to get off track, which is so easy to do, but this is, this is how reselling is changing. And I think that as a reseller, you need to be aware of what's going on in the fashion world and what other brands are doing. Um, It can be a little eye opening because like we said, we could find Madewell jeans all the time and now it's not as easy to find it. So just something to think about. So Jill, do you have any sustainable brands that are new to you that while you were researching that you found? So yeah, I wrote down a couple things and then I actually have um, a directory that I can share. So yeah, give um, me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. So apparently a Morvert um, uses mostly sourced material and they actually plant a tree for every t-shirt that gets purchased from them. That's cute. Yeah. Um, another brand that I found out from that YouTuber that I mentioned is Kuyana, which I've is, heard of that one. It's beautiful. One. Yeah. Danielle, it's incredible. It's basically like it's ethical and sustainable basics. Um, it's very similar to Everlane, but it's almost like elevated or it's like a luxury, luxury version yes. of yeah. Everlane. So I creeped on the website, obviously, and I've been looking at one of their tote bags for, you know, a hundred years. So I think that's what they're known for because yeah. whenever I see the brand, that's what's usually associated with it. Is yeah. The bag. They're beautiful bags and they're super, super nice, but they're like, you know, where an Everlane leather tote might be what, 198 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Quian is like 400 or something, yeah. but it is a beautiful brand and that is definitely a store that I would like to make a purchase from <laughs> Yeah, sometime in the near future. Eventually. <laughs> um, no. So there's a couple other brands that I know to be sustainable. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I know that Christy Dawn. Yeah. I've heard of Christy Dawn. 
I know that um, Spell and the Gypsy Collective is also sustainable. Oh, I didn't know that they were considered sustainable. Good to know. Yep. And then um, there's actually a website, and the link is just directory.goodonyou.eco. And it's a website where you can go to the website and type in any brand you want. So I'm going to type in Christy Dawn. And it pops up and it gives you a rating and a price point. So Christy Dawn is rated good Mm -hmm. out of, you know, five different ratings. So it's four out of five technically. And then it gives you a little bit of details about if it's good for the planet, if it's good for people, if it's good for animals. So they rate five out of five planet, five out of five people, and four out of five for animals. Interesting. So yeah, it just gives you like a little blurb too. It says Christy Dawn's environment rating is great. It uses a high proportion of eco-friendly materials, including recycled fabrics, produces long-lasting products. It manufactures locally to reduce its carbon carbon footprint. Its use of eco-friendly materials limits the amount of chemicals, water, and wastewater used in production. The labor rating is great. It sources its final stage of production from the USA, a medium-risk country for labor abuse. It ensures payment of a living wage in its final stage of production as well. It traces all of the supply chain. And then animal rating is good because it doesn't use fur, angora, down, or exotic animal skin. It uses recycled leather, recycled wool, and recycled exotic animal hair. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a... Save that. It's a pretty cool website. You can... There's a lot of brands on here that I've never heard of. Um, it's, It's really interesting just to kind of just type in something that, you know, might pop up and then see what it's rated. Yeah. Yeah, and I think understanding and knowing some of the sustainable brands that are out there that maybe aren't as well known uh it will be helpful too when you're back in the thrift store and you're looking around and people have been cleaning the closets so we have no idea what we're going to find when we go out there Um, i know i know there's going to be so much stuff but i think it's going to take time for them to process it all like i don't foresee the first few weeks of them being open it being crazy good because they have so much backlog and they're probably going to let things sit for two weeks time. I, I fully oh, yeah. see that happening. Um, but regardless, it's nice to know about some of these brands we've never heard of, or maybe you heard of, but weren't sure what they were about. And you'll probably see them pop up in the thrift store. Cause that's typically what happens, right? You, you learn about a brand and then you see it everywhere. Um, so that's cool. That's a cool directory. I'll put that in the show notes for people so they can uh, check that out. One brand that um, I had never heard of, but Jill had is called Manduka and like, it's a Yogi brand. So that was new to me. Uh, apparently this, is, this brand is really big with yogis and they do yoga mats and workout clothes for men and women. Mm-hmm. And they focus on using organic cottons. So that's cool. That could be a Lululemon competitor right there. Yeah. I think they, they have been for it's especially yoga mats like yogis are real intense about the yoga mats and I actually just bought a Lululemon yoga mat because I've been doing home workouts in quarantine five days a week or trying to during my (laughs) during my zoom meeting breaks and um I spent a long time kind of flip-flopping between the two actually trying to decide which one yeah the other one that I um heard that I had never heard of well maybe I did hear of it but I just never knew that it was sustainable is people tree had you heard people tree before Jill I feel like I only heard of it because I googled you know what are some sustainable brands yeah so and apparently it it's a pretty big sustainable brand but it's just not one that I've ever heard of it reminds me of like a free people but a little more lag and look is the way yes. I would describe yeah, it agreed it's um so it's free trade certified um it's inspe- inspected with really strict standards it opts for materials like organic cotton tensile you know so it, it's got that whole thing low impact dyes just like all the other brands but it's definitely a free people style with the with Eileen Fisher flair I would say the Eileen Fisher <laughs> kind of look but free people patterns mm, agreed this way all right I think that's all of them do you have anything else um. I mean, Patagonia and Colombia. Patagonia and Colombia. All right, Colombia doesn't sell for me. So like, I don't even think about it. Yeah, no, but I own it and I do love it. Yeah, and Patagonia is like the epitome of (laughs) sustainable when it comes to New England. And well, L.L. Bean is not sustainable, I don't think. I don't think. Don't think, but they do have good warranties on their products. They do. L.L. Bean is a New England thing. So it's local. Well, you've never seen the giant boot in Maine. Yeah. (laughs) 
A um, couple other brands that I think are worth noting. Um, Boyish is definitely one of them. Oh yeah, Boyish mm-hmm. is the X designer for Reformation jeans. Yep. Um, that's sustainable also. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a ton. Like this, this website is actually really awesome. And it, it, if you go and you click on the menu bar, you can sort by women's wear, men's wear, and kids. And then there's different categories for each one. So you can click active wear, tops, bottoms, denim, um, dresses and play suits. Like if a brand specifically just does basics and intimates, you can click on that. And then it'll just give you this huge list of brands that people have searched and give you a rating on all of them, which is really, really cool. I definitely suggest checking this out. Oh, look, People Tree popped up. (laughs) See that? People Tree, man. It's everywhere. When you search sustainable, it comes up. And I I understand why. You could literally go down a rabbit hole when you're looking at sustainable brands. There's just so many. There's there's so many that we just don't know. And it would take a long time to research them all. But they're out there and they're definitely something you'll see more and more when it comes to the runways and fashion in general. Um, you'll probably see some fast fashion brands start jumping on that bandwagon as well yeah. as time goes on. And, you know, it's just good to be aware of what's out there just in general, whether it's for your own knowledge, your own wardrobe or for your reselling business, I think. And I know Jill agrees. It's important to know about brands and what's the latest and greatest that's out there to help you in your sourcing trips. Daniela, Stella McCartney's on this list. What? Yeah. That's sustainable? Stella McCartney, Allbirds, Rothy's. Allbirds, I can see. Um, Reebok. Is Freebird on there? I can see Freebird being. Reebok got rated good. So did Adidas. They must be changing their ways then. I guess so. Because it can, it's more than just the material, right? It's what they're doing for their employees as well. Yeah, it's the practices and stuff. And I know that the, another thing about sustainable brands is that it's interesting when some of them choose to focus specifically on like women. So it's like all women in the factories that are all paid a fair living wage and not just a fair wage for women in whatever respective country they're in. Like a literal wage that any man would make in a factory, but they choose to employ only women. I think those companies are really, really cool and definitely deserve, deserve a shout out. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. I think that's all. This is way longer than what I had anticipated. Just cut it. Just cut my, no, no, no. We're keeping it all. This is great. (laughs) So First episode of Coffee Talk is in the books. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope this was informative. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you loved listening to Jill because she's got lots of knowledge when it comes to this stuff and fashion. And make sure you check her out on Instagram. She is rivintage underscore on Instagram and on Poshmark. Right, Jill? Yeah, girl. Yes. So check her out. Make sure you follow her. Give her a little shout out. And we will see you next time, friends. Bye. Bye.